Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is December 5th, 2022. And as we do each week, let's begin by linking with Triangles members throughout the world, followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord, of life and love about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. The purpose of our work together each week is twofold to introduce triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And so if you are new to this work, welcome. And please know that at any time, any week, you can place your name in the chat box and reach out to two other members on the webinar who will hopefully agree to form a triangle with you. And we also come together each week for those of us who are already members of Triangles to participate in a meditative visualization in the strengthening of the planetary network. For Triangles is a powerful spiritual activity. We participate in this, but it's really something that is substandard by the participation of those great lives who stand behind our outer world of seeming. So we're cooperating with them and they're cooperating with us. And for our part, it's a daily practice wherein we link up with two other people who have agreed to vivify our triangle every day. And we visualize that triangle as a golden triangular form connecting the two and three of us. And then we place that triangle, our triangle within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as we then close our work by sounding the great invocation, a powerful world prayer that releases the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, touching hearts and minds everywhere. And the work only need take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And after our meditation today, we are happy to welcome Leslie, who is a longtime student of the Ageless Wisdom, who's working to bring a spirit of goodwill and right human relationships into the world of conscious business. And prior to that, for 30 years, she worked with educational and NGO institutions, including two years as a Montessori teacher and 12 years as principal of a school that evolved Robert Mueller's World Core curriculum. And she also worked for four years as national coordinator of the United Nations Association. And then we will also be welcoming Philip Lindsay, who many of you may know, who's been teaching esoteric astrology and the Asia's wisdom worldwide for over 30 years, working as an astrological counselor as well. And his website, esotericastrologer.org, is a wealth of information. And so we encourage you to also check that out. 
And they will be sharing today, having really a discussion on the theme called the tweaking of the compass as we end one annual cycle and look forward to a new one beginning. It's always a good time to review the past and also to project into the future. So we'll be doing that together. And as many of you know, this is the first day of preparation for the Sagittarius full moon. Um, we'll be holding a meeting in here in New York and in London and Geneva on this coming Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, our meeting here is at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can go to our homepage, uh, lucistrust.org slash broadcasts and join in with that event if you'd like. And then on December 17th, um, Lucis Trust will be holding a webinar on Saturday, and it's entitled Psychology, Externalizing the Soul Principle. So that looks to be a very potent event, and so we hope as many of you as possible can attend, and you'll find more information on that shortly on our homepage. And also to let you know, the Triangles Bulletin, which is a comes out three times a year, will be going out now. And um, so we hope that you will all enjoy those articles, which are always very uplifting related to the various aspects of the work of Triangles. So now, as we always do, let's work together with a brief visualization. Let's link together as a group. Linking with all triangles workers throughout the world. And visualize our work being inspired and part of the great planetary triangle of Shambhala at the apex of the triangle the planetary head center. Visualize it as a sphere of light. And then at the base of the triangle, visualize the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, also as a sphere of light, rotating light. And the third point of the triangle Visualizes the sphere of humanity, the planetary throat center. And visualize these points as electric lights circulating energy between themselves, filling the triangle with golden light. And we breathe in the spiritual will and find that synthesizing point at the center, the five-pointed star representing the world teacher, the Christ, merging east and west, past and future, 
filling the triangle with light, radiating love wisdom. Visualize the sphere of the new group of world servers full of myriad points of light. And now we reach into the higher centers, hierarchy and Shambhala and bring down the energies of light, love and power, circulating them through the new group and through humanity through all the many streams of hierarchical activity. Visualize light, love, and power being distributed to all parts of planetary life. And now linking with the group soul. So the affirmation light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. So we're working together in preparation for this festival of Sagittarius, which occurs on Wednesday. It's the dark cycle of the sun. It's a time when, at least in the Northern hemisphere, there's a waning of the light. The temperatures drop, the night falls early. And it serves to draw us deep within ourselves. It's a time when we might say we can connect more fully with the inner realms because the outer realms are not necessarily so inviting. And it's really a reflection of the work that people on a spiritual path are undertaking 
all year round through our lives of steady discipline, we are letting go of many of the non-essentials that seem to hold much of humanity captive. And through this means of letting go, this means of dropping the non-essential aspects of our lives, we can become closer with our group brothers, particularly at times such as this, when we're really, from one perspective, approaching one of the most sacred times of the year, the winter solstice. So this rapid movement across the path prepares us for entering into that moment wherein out of the very darkest of nights, the Christ life is born. And humanity as a whole, we know, is becoming increasingly receptive and responsive to this indwelling light. And this is really one of the greatest happenings of our time, this awakening, widespread awakening, which we can see happening throughout the planet, wherein people everywhere are responding to the light, responding to the divinity that they are. And this is strengthening. So as we work together with this energy, this opportunity of this week, um, we know that Sagittarius is a sign of vision. And we'll be speaking about that in our conversation after the meditation. For as we know, vision is something that comes from the soul. If it's a true vision, it can't be um, something that's made through the machinations of the lower mind. And in fact, it's said to be reflection of a passage that Hercules was asked to reflect upon before he entered into the ninth gate, the gate of Sagittarius. The teacher said to him to ponder the idea that the flame that gleams beyond the mind reveals direction clear. So our true direction can only come from that which is a higher aspect of the mind. And so using the Sagittarian Gemini bridging capabilities, we can project as a group these lighted strands of energy which will connect us with the group mind. And it is through that means, and only through that means, that we can in turn provide the vision, seeding it within the intelligentsia of the world, which will enable us as a human kingdom to move forward. So let's now work seeing the goal, reaching the goal, and then reaching out to and seeing another. Let's work at integrating ourselves as a group, focusing on the mental plane at the center of the even down cross of discipleship 
linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working within this Triangles Meditation Group. And we project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of the will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Now visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Now invoke the energies of the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and at the heart of each triangle. The linking again with the network, the group soul, and the Christ. Hold the mind open and receptive to the impouring energies of love. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point, flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere.
Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Linking with the group of all triangles workers throughout the world, we sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, 
Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we welcome Philip and Leslie. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. For, thank you for being here. Um, Leslie, could you turn off your video? We don't really use videos on this. Thank you. All right. So because we are working in this visionary sign of Sagittarius, and we know that the new group of world servers are the conveyors of vision to humanity. Um, I thought I'd ask both of you to share with the group um, what qualities and what's your understanding of this vision that Sagittarius brings to us, particularly at this time. Uh, Leslie, would you like to share first? Certainly. Well, I think that Sagittarius brings a vision that requires courage and daring and a spirit of willingness to make a breakthrough that requires us to take risks within our own lives, our personal lives, and our, our families and group lives in order to actualize both an individual and collective vision. And, you know, if we were to think in our own lives about any time that we've taken a step forward or even made a difference in anything, I bet we could all remember a time where we had to step up to the powers that be or speak truth to power or take some kind of courageous action, physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually to advance something. And when I was thinking about it in preparation for today, the major things that have been accomplished, at least in my own life, have all been the result of getting out of my comfort zone and speaking up, maybe if I didn't want to, or maybe I was shy about something, but actually getting up the courage to ask a question, 
or to promote something or just inquire. And that spirit of curiosity has opened so many doors. And I'm sure all of us can think about examples like that. And, you know, it's said that nothing can ever be accomplished without work. Nothing is accomplished by giving up. And if it's really worth attaining, it's worth working for. Things certainly fall in our laps sometimes. And that's well and good and probably the result of certain karmic opportunities. But anything really worth achieving has to be worked toward. And that requires going past our ring past knot, pushing through obstacles, envisioning something bold and brash. And we might say that Sagittarian vision, in, you know, it in, includes daring, it includes boldness and brashness, even a spirit of naivety, um, speaking up, taking risks, but, you know, positive risks, reasoned risks, but risks that can give us a new life on a new turn of the spiral. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a bold vision you're presenting. And this is a bold sign. So Philip, how about you? Well, uh, I could pick up on a few things that Leslie mentioned. Could um, you speak up a, a little bit louder? Uh, okay, I'll just turn my volume up a bit. I could pick up on a few things there. that Leslie Mm -hmm. And um, the boldness and the courage, of course, comes from the Leo decanate of Sagittarius. When you look at the three fire signs as part of the Sagittarius fire sign uh, decanates. And of course, the, um, the impulse of Sagittarius is very similar to Aries, the other fire sign. So those three, those three fire signs uh, are all present in some way within Sagittarius. And in terms of uh, of uh, taking that first step into the unknown and and having the courage to do that, and um, and setting the arrow to the target or defining a target oneself and then uh, shooting the arrow to the target, um, and this is what I call the annual tweaking of the compass um, during Sagittarius because. Uh, we've just emerged from Scorpio, the, the tests and trials of uh, and the intensity of Scorpio, the previous sign. And we've also come uh, approximately nine months since the beginning of the spiritual year in Aries. And so we're at a point where there needs to be a tweaking of direction. Uh, and Sagittarius, of course, is a sign of, of orientation and reorientation. And of course, I think the hierarchy do this every year as well. They, they, uh, what I call the annually, annually amended plan, um, as per what's happened in the meantime, what what decisions humanity has made, so forth. So they make adjustments too. And so we all do it as individuals, as groups, as nations, and, and the world as a whole during Sagittarius. Um, I think. One of the key things for the new group of world servers is staying on track, staying focused, keeping the vision in mind, um, that broad Jupiterian vision that expands our boundaries, expands our consciousness. Uh, because I guess, I guess, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish, as they say. But, um, 
also the um, the possibility of falling into the Gemini polarity of distraction. We live in a, such a distracted world these days, and it's getting worse and worse every year. We're distracted by our, our cell phones and the, the media and the the noise of the cities and so forth. There's this just continual din going on, and and Gemini is, is you know, very curious and uh, and interested in many different things. Very diverse, loves to communicate, loves to talk, uh, and so in one sense, Gemini is a, a kind of a, a the noisy polarity, and Sagittarius is the is the quiet polarity, but but they can both interact with each other as well. They can both change places because, as we know, Sagittarians can be very loud. And the labor of Hercules is about Hercules triumphing over the uh, the screeching loud birds of the Stymphalian marshes um, by clashing these very loud symbols together. So, so uh, but um, yeah, there's, so there's some paradoxes with this Gemini Sagittarius axis that uh, is always worth bearing in mind, of course, whenever we consider any astrological sign, uh, we consider the whole cross for signs. So in this case, Virgo and Pisces. Yeah, that's one, that's one angle anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we know that the new group is charged with providing vision um, but we're also asked to formulate a clear understanding of what it is is our next step um, you know a vision is often a long-term vision very idealistic which Sagittarius fosters but we have to have the vision of the next step and so do you have any thoughts as to what might be some practical vision some practical steps or objectives that we can formulate um, during these closing years of the stage of the forerunner in order to make our work of merit in the world, not just our work, but the new group of world servers as a whole. Uh, so to direct it to me, Kathy? Or, or... It's to both of you, so whoever wants to share first. Well, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> sure. You know, I think that we have to start in our own backyards. We have to clean up our own backyards, get our elementals, you know, in control, handle our own stuff and and make sure that we're aligned and focus on alignment, soul polarization, mental polarization. And to me, that's the foundation. If we're doing that, then we can stand as, you know, as strong beacons of light, as souls in our family, in our community. And so, you know, cleaning up our own backyard, transmuting. And then the other thing would be not allowing attacks to throw us off track and to throw our unity off track. There's so many attacks on groups, on communities, on families, and of course on individuals attacks from within, attacks from without, organized attacks, karmic attacks, dark attacks. And we need to really rein those in and address them because we, we should not allow anything to mess up our group unity because the, the darkness is so organized and the light needs to be more organized. And we have to do that as we march toward 2025. 
we can't allow anything to divide us. And the other thing I would say is that crisis comes before our transformation, a crisis of any, any sort, soul crisis. These are soul engendered usually, but when we address the crises, when we push through them, greater breakthroughs, greater unity is, are achieved and we're ready to take that collective action to prepare and align for 2025 and beyond. Thank you. Some powerful suggestions. Philip, do you have something to add to that? Um, excellent, Leslie. Thanks. Um, well, you know, I think the vision emerges by trusting the intuition, and Sagittarius is a sign of the intuition. And uh, Sagittarius, the archer, sends forth the arrows of thought and waits for the returning arrow of the intuition, the direct knowledge, the, the plane above the mental plane, beyond the mental plane, buddhi, as we call it. And um, so that's that's how the vision is is captured and 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 brought down, if you like, in the following Earth sign of Capricorn, where it's it's kind of codified into a into a um, belief or religion or thought form that is that is manifesting. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is education. Uh, the new group of world service is a bridge between humanity and hierarchy, and so the, the second, third rays are working very strongly in this respect with regard to education uh, to let humanity know that the masters exist, for instance. So it's one of the first things that Blavatsky, uh, her brief was to, to announce that to the world. And, of course, that's run a, a fairly long course now, over a century and a half. Um, and to the fact that not only do the hierarchy exist, but they are coming back into the world. Um, and the reappearance of the world teacher, Lord Maitreya, the Christ, whatever uh, we want to call him, uh, that is imminent and possibly in our lifetimes, if not in the next few decades, which is, is hardly anything compared to the last 2,000 years. It's, it's really happening right now. And of course, the, the hierarchy's approach is, is paradoxically creating a lot of conflict, is bringing up all the, all the unresolved issues of humanity, the, the, the planetary dweller, um, so that we've become acutely aware of the situation, of the polarities. And this is what's been happening, particularly accelerated in the last two or three years. And so a lot of people have woken up in that time. You know, have uh, were previously uh, completely uh, unaware of, of what's been going on. So, um, and this will continue, of course. <coughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, that's just one short answer there, Kathy. Thank you. Going on. <laughs> Philip um, and Leslie, feel free also to jump in here. Um, to share any thoughts on particular astrological configurations moving towards 2025 um, and what impact do you think they might have on the next couple of years? Sure. Well, you know, 
everyone knows we're on the cusp, 500-year cusp between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And for those who are really into the Aquarian energy, it is already the age of Aquarius for them. Maybe not astronomically, technically just yet, but it's not far away. It's, it's less than a century, actually, technically, astronomically. So there's that going on. We also know that the the we're in a we're in a great period of flux with on any cusp,al period, but also when there's two overlapping cycles. The the, uh, the Philip, could you speak up a little bit? It's it's difficult for people to hear you. Just a little okay. bit. How's that? Is that better? I've got full volume now. Mm. I've got a, I've got a difficult, a, um, just the uh, distance, I think, between Europe and New York. Yeah, it's not, it's getting fainter, actually, at the moment. Well, uh, uh, it might be for you. Uh, other people may not be, have the same bad reception, because when you first started talking, uh, I could hardly hear you. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, it, it, it's, uh, it varies. But uh, where was I? Um, I was talking um, about the, you were talking uh, about the um, five hundred year interlude. Uh, is the sound a bit better? Uh, not much, but go forward. <laughs> Plug away. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we we between the outgoing sixth ray cycle uh, and um, the incoming seventh ray cycle. So we're literally at sixes and sevens with ourselves. And this is also a cuspal period of the rays, and, and the fourth ray is coming in slowly up to 2025. So, and of course, we're in a, a very strong third ray cycle right now as well. Um, in fact, a, a kind of a third ray within a third ray, third ray within a third ray. And then we're on the cusp of two root races between the fifth root race and the sixth root race. We're going into the sixth branch race of the fifth sub race of the fifth root race. Which is going to be the seed for the sixth root race. So, an incredible uh, amount of flux on, on all those different levels. Plus, we have other ray cycles like the hundred-year first ray cycle, that uh, is very interesting. From when DK first transmitted to Alice Bailey in 1919, well, that was a, that was one century three years ago when Ukraine was formed in in uh, 1922. Today, uh, it is 2022, uh, another century. So we have these first ray cycles of destruction. And uh, and in fact, it's it's happening worldwide. We're going through this major destruction. Of course, USA is going through its Pluto return, Pluto being the co-ruler of the first ray. And all the institutions are crumbling. You know, the in politics and in, in the sciences and in, in every area of, of human activity. And it has to happen that way in order to, to uh, regenerate itself. It has to break down before it can regenerate and create something new. So just, um, so that, 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 that's a kind of broad, big picture overview. Uh, but then, of course, we have several uh, slow moving planets going into uh, changing signs in 2025, particularly Neptune and Saturn going into Aries. Mm. Uh, where we conjunct Saturn, the great manifesting principle, uh, which was the position of Alice Bailey's Saturn, actually, uh, in Aries, um, the pioneer, the, the taking initiative, beginnings, and so forth. 
and and Neptune is regarded as the is, which is one of the names of the Christ. And when you look at that saying, uh, uh, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, uh, where that is a direct reference to the Christ, and the Lamb, of course, is Aries. So um, with Saturn and Neptune, uh, it's ex- extraordinary the timing that's happening in 2025. And it's actually just after the, the Wiesak festival that Saturn goes into Aries, just before the Gemini festival, the festival of the Christ. So quite an amazing um, coincidence, divine timing, you could say. Um, and it's on the zero degrees point right. of Aries, which I've heard will not occur again for 5,000 years. And it has not occurred previously for 5,000 years. So it's a very powerful but very rare um, indication. And the other thing is that um, Uranus is going into Gemini. Mm-hmm. And um, Pluto's going into Aquarius. A all lot of the, shifting in the outer planets. Yeah. yeah. All within that one or two year period. So, yeah. Something to look forward it's, to. It's definitely an ending. You get the sense that this is a real ending of, a, of major cycles and therefore quite hopeful that new things will come into being. Um, yeah. And I guess just one more thing to add with, with USA being an Aquarius soul and being one of the major leaders, uh, leading nations into the Aquarian age. Um, the Pluto return, first ever Pluto return that's going through now will last till about, I think it's still going to be in orb till about October 23. So obviously any breakdown take, takes a long time to do and so Pluto in this 18 month period is or a bit longer um, is going to do its initial uh, you know wrecking ball work but the actual changes that come about uh, will take probably another decade to affect I think uh, when you think that the country's been in, uh, in existence for over 200 years so um, when it, when Neptune goes into excuse me when Pluto goes into Aquarius, the, the soul of the of, of USA that could be extremely empowering, if of course it goes through the you know it, it takes um, it, it, it learns from the from the transformation experience of the of the Pluto return. Leslie, do you have anything that you'd like to share? Well, I had also made note of the fact that. All of these outer planets are making transits to nations, groups, and individuals. And we can apply that if you look in in your own life or your group life. Uh, Anyone, let's say, with a July birthday, for example, has had Pluto opposing their sun, creating a total transformation, a breakdown and a rebirth of their individuality, of their shell, you know, covering their body, etc. And so as it comes into Aquarius, the same. And a lot of groups that we know, units of service have birthdays in Leo. So, you know, Pluto will be opposing that sun, that entity of, of a soul. Um, so it's just really interesting to study, I think. And Philip has written quite a bit about this. So I think yeah. these outer planet transits to nations, groups, and individuals is worth a study in and of itself. It's really, really fascinating and something to prepare for 
and also to see in the light of cycles so that a cycle has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And as the Gita says, all those cycles that have a beginning, a middle, and an end are things that we can uh, prepare for, have gratitude for, not be afraid of, but to seize from an energy standpoint to harness the nut, harness the, the jewel that's there. And, um, you know, to, again, allow it to align us even further. The other thing is it helps us to think about causal levels because as Philip said, as we all know, we're so distracted by everything now, cities and social media and telephones and everything that it's easy to focus on effects, but nothing changes when we focus on effects. Only when we focus on causal levels will the outer effects adjust around the vision and the cause. And that's the polarity of the soul to the monad, to the higher self. Thank you. Uh, I just have one final question before we open it up to the group, um, particularly for Philip, because I know you've um, done a lot of intense study on the hidden history of humanity, the history that extends much farther back into ancient times than our archaeologists or anthropologists have any consideration of. And um, I wondered through this visionary perspective that you have, um, if it gives you some insights into the challenges facing humanity at the present time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I think I fixed my microphone now, by the way. I, I good. Think it slipped, slipped down under my collar or something. Oh, good. It's a little Does better. Is that okay? A little better, yeah. Um, well, yeah, the the long span of history from, you know, before individualization to the present day. Um, Blavatsky and Decay lay out all the root races and all of the massive, the grand cycles. Um, but essentially, the, if we compact it more to just Lemuria, Atlantis, and this current root race, the third, fourth, and fifth root races, um, we've come from individualization in Lemuria uh, to initiation in the fifth, in the th this third or fifth root race, and um, and so there is a, a percentage of humanity that have have taken initiation, the higher initiations in the fifth root race that 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 holds that holds it for the whole of humanity, as it were. Just as there's only a small percentage of, of masters on the planet that, that can help basically run the planet, um, <clears throat> so. Those those disciples and initiates of the various ashrams uh, are holding that development point of of the development of mind in this fifth root race, the the culmination, the the jewel of the, of the fifth root race. Even though, as DK tells us, the majority of humanity are still uh, astrally polarized in Atlantean consciousness, but they're rapidly catching up. In, uh, and we have the earth chain and, and moon chain humanity factor as well too but <clears throat> for me what it gives me the the uh, just very simply very generically explained we have the various yogas that have developed in those root races we have uh, Hathi yoga and Lemuria Bhakti yoga or devotional yoga and Atlantis and Raja yoga the kingly science in the fifth root race and we'll go on to Agni 
the yoga, uh, the, the developing the intuitive factor in the sixth root quest, which is going to last millions of years, by the way, uh, quite a long cycle. But um, so I think that puts things in perspective for me. And and so where I see us now in, in 2025 is smack bang in the middle, middle at uh, the pivotal point between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And we're much closer to Aquarius than we are Pisces, although we have large groups in the world who are still Piscean in consciousness, who are still hanging on to the old crystallized patterns and they're not letting them go, the old ways of doing things. There's a much smaller group that's, that's gravitating towards Aquarius. And we're seeing this at the moment, actually, intentional communities springing up everywhere like, like you know, uh, newborn flowers. Um, mm-hmm. in response to the world crisis. And this is very encouraging because this is this is truly the energy of Aquarius, groups working together. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, we do have some comments, and I'd encourage anyone who would like to, to raise their hand uh, if they'd like to share an audible comment. Um, let me just, I'll briefly summarize some of these comments. Clint is asking about what what you think about the role of social media, especially Twitter, um, which Elon Musk has taken over. Um, They said that I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that would enable greater freedom of speech. Others are seeing it as a vehicle for attacking others' ability to live freely uh, without prejudice. Is there some way that these two opposing two opposites can come to some kind of harmonious existence or are we destined to live on with this crisis? Where should the new group of world servers stand on this issue in your opinion? Yeah, well, um, Musk has done some good things in my opinion uh, since he's bought the company. He is a very enigmatic figure it's hard to figure out his long-term course because because he has many other irons in the fire uh, of other projects. Uh, but he's made some very good initiatives, I think. And he is committed to to um, the control of hate speech and so forth. He says how that works out, we'll find out eventually. It's, it's early days yet. But I think there's been so much censorship in the last two or three years this is a breath of fresh air this is a this is a small crack of light creeping in to the most heavily censored media we've ever seen in our lifetimes and um and so uh i think it's a great thing that's that uh, that's happening so fast so far so good but it, it has a ways to go and and really humanity has to learn how to how to talk to each other how to dialogue how to communicate. Yeah. yeah. Leslie, how about you? Any thoughts there? I think social media can be a platform for taking the kind of risks I was sharing because we all get comfortable in our friendship circles, our families, our groups, and it's so easy to just float and go along with the party line. And it's so easy to have a fixed belief system that feels so cozy and comfortable and safe. 
And it's scary and risky to sometimes push the boundaries of that through questioning, through curiosity. You know, an example just energetically would be consider the planet Uranus, everything Uranian, moving through your how your ninth house of philosophy, beliefs, belief systems, or your 11th house of goals and dreams and visions in your own life. Visualize that. That is going to upset the apple cart. And when we start to think in new directions, we make new breakthroughs because as wasn't it Einstein who said, nothing can be accomplished by solving a problem on the level where it was. We have to push past that. And that does create a crisis. And there's a beautiful quote. I can share it either now or maybe as we close, Kathy, but a really beautiful a quote about crisis and how we do advance as groups and as humanity. Yeah, let's share, let's, uh, share that at the end before we close. That would be great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, Marie Christina writes, uh, let us envision the coming epic of woman, the profound empowerment of the feminine, which is awakening throughout the planet. Let's envision a new normal infused by the harmony and beauty of the fourth ray, the ray of harmony and beauty through conflict, the ray of humanity. Let us envision and empower the work of the fourth kingdom, humanity creating the new materialism, the new civilization. Um, And a concrete suggestion would be to support the work of the UN and affirm the sustainable development goals. Um, Yeah, thank you for those affirmations. Um, Wayne writes that 2024 through 248, 2024 through 2048 is a Plutonian year, 1776. Uh, I guess, uh, I'm not sure I'm following this. Okay, 2024 minus 248 equals 1776. And vis-a-vis the new group of world servers in Pluto, Pluto at present only evokes response from groups or from those disciples who are enough evolved rightly to respond. Yeah, did you have any thoughts about that responsiveness to Pluto, Philip or Leslie? Yeah, I mean, that's a great quote there. Thanks for that, Wayne. Um, DK does say around about that page number <clears throat> that Pluto is first felt in the mental body, which is interesting because he also gives it as, as the ruler of the base chakra. Kind of a paradox in a sense or contradiction. But um and and obviously each planet is discovered, quote unquote, uh, when it's starting to when humanity is starting to to uh, really tap into its energies. And Pluto was only discovered between the two world wars. So it's becoming far more prominent now and felt amongst greater groups of people, I think. And one of the other things I wanted to mention with the uh, with the social media stuff is that humanity is still learning how to think. As I said, the majority are based in, in astral consciousness um, or come among us. Even the highest thinkers, uh, uh, there's only a very small group of them. And therefore, dialogue is going to be flawed. We, we are learning to, to dialogue through through right thinking. Uh, right dialogue cannot be created um, 
if if the thinking isn't isn't right. Um, and of course, a lot of dialogue turns into into uh, slanderous argument and and emotion, very you know, emotional battles, which isn't thinking at all. It's just reacting, isn't it? So so I think it's a great thing that that um, that the Twitter thing has started to. Hopefully, is the beginning of a, of a real education and teaching people how to dialogue properly. Um, but of course, all the rest of the social media is completely is completely controlled and and uh, like a to- totalitarian state. When you look at Facebook and that kind of stuff, um, they're not allowing anything to to come through that that contradicts their narrative. So so Musk is really a, a cat amongst the pigeons. In this respect, he's, um, if you look at his Aquarius descendant, well, his proposed Aquarius descendant, he's certainly the rebel there. But um, I've said on that one. Um, yeah, I think I covered it. Thank you. Um, so we're, we're nearing the end. I'd like to read just a couple more comments and thanking you all for all of your comments which i'll share with our guests um marie christina writes at the ending of any cycle one is advised to leave the city without looking behind it is the vision of the future that needs to be intuited and held before humanity until it is manifest the future will depend on the immediate vision yeah hence the opportunity of working in this cycle and tapping into as much of that vision as we can collectively. So thank you both so much. And uh, it's really wonderful to hear your views on things. And Leslie, you said you had a quote you wanted to read. Maybe we could hear that and then we'll close with a moment of silence. Certainly. One last thing is that Sagittarius, of course, loves dialogue. It loves philosophy. It loves questioning and probing. Catherine Davidson was talking about holding that vision with uh, dispassion. And certainly we could, you know, aspire toward that in the Sagittarian cycle. So that's why we had that's why we had you you here today, the two of you. (laughs) So we could have that dialogue. A joyful dialogue. Thank you for (laughs) sharing opportunity. I want to read just a few sentences from a beautiful book called The Flame of Beauty, Culture, Love, Joy by Torquem Saradarian. This is page 182. No one can really advance in a higher search if the foundation on which he stands is not shaken and destroyed. You need a crisis to make a breakthrough. The wind and the storm must come and hit your existence and test your foundation. Is your foundation based on your bank account, on your present health, on your position, on your friends? All these can be taken from you in one storm if your foundation is not built on your spiritual achievements and realizations. If your foundation is built on the solid rock of the transpersonal self within you, no power can destroy it. Only in the soul awareness do you taste the beauty of joy.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both very much. And thank to all of you here today. So let's just take a moment to visualize the planet surrounded by a network of triangles. Thank you. Thanks very much, Kathy. It was great meditation. Thank great you, help. Philip. Nice to have you here. Thank you. I for listen. the chance. Thank you.